Aaron, now you want to say anything about uh, Peter? Yeah, well, you know, so I met Peter through you, Jimmy, and uh, he became a really close friend and was also a big supporter of the work that I do. And uh, everything you say. Why? Why? Why would this private billionaire be interested in funding the work that you do? The very important work that the gray zone does. I wonder. I, it's, just, it's curious to me. Does he does he secretly is he like the world's biggest clash trader? And he's just like, I really, really want to take down the system. Or does he find perhaps conspiracy theorists to run a lot of cover for a lot of what capitalists are trying to achieve? And they will spend a little bit of money here and there. It doesn't seem to take a lot to get YouTubers who've got channels where they get like 10,000 live viewers in their pockets. Let's catch up on this wild story. The situation just keeps going, y'all. And I know you're like, Tim, it's got to stop. But he won't stop. He keeps going. And that's why I was invested. And that's why I was emotional. And that's why I'm passionate. And I can't help that I'm white. Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> so Should I apologize? <laughs> She's doing white identity politics now? Maybe that's why he was so worried about talking about white supremacy. <laughs> <laughs> what a surprise. Who could have seen this one coming? For the way I was born. Are you going to apologize for the way you were born? That's what's keeping this going. Listen, guys, in this video. Uh, no one. Can I clear this up for confused white people? Because, you know, let, let me speak for the white people right now. Uh, no, no one is asking you to be ashamed for how you were born. No one. The, 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 no one is saying, hey, the reverse racism is real, actually. And you should be ashamed of yourself and, and that creamy pale skin of yours. You should be ashamed. And that's, that's, not, that's not a thing, not a real thing. But you should, be, you should be aware of what whiteness, white supremacy, and those concepts are. How people can be objectified or, let's say, marginalized in society for not being either white or in proximity to whiteness. Shit like that. that those are two incredibly different ideas. Totally different concepts. One, one is very different from the other. It's not like, oh, you white boys should be ashamed of yourselves, of your, of your fucking disgusting skin or something like that. Like, what? No, see, that's a, a fear that white supremacists will use in order to recruit people. Because by a default setting, no one likes to feel bad. No one likes it. It's not a good feeling. No one wants to be in a room and someone be like, hey, fucking, there's a white person here. That sucks. You're like, whoa, what? Oh, ouch. That's not nice, right? No one likes that. Not not a good thing. No no one's advocating for that. No, no one's on that side. But if you happen to be perhaps someone who hasn't experienced racism your entire life or experienced racism on a regular basis or just be racialized in society generally, right, speaking, that might be one of the first experiences you have at that moment. You know when you see those Fox News like clips where all of a sudden there's like uh like a, a person crying because they were they were called like, you know, I can't even say it on the show because it's banned on this network. They're called the sea slur or something in public, and that's like you know, babies first racism. They're they're, they're kinda like, you know, I was I was uh, trying to get my, my Starbucks coffee and a couple of people who were working there, um, they were uh I um African Americans. So there was a couple of African-Americans uh, who were working and, and then they pointed at me um, and then they said, uh, that white boy over there. No. Yeah. Yeah. They, they said that they, they, they called you white boy. Yeah. Yeah. And, and like. Hurt. It, it hurt. I'm so sorry. 
I'm so sorry you had to go through with that. Have you spoken to the manager yet? Yeah, I did. That they both got fired and then uh, arrested and beaten. Luckily, so so that problem solved itself, I guess. But it it really was a trying and an ex exhausting uh, experience. And I, I'm just I'm so happy because I, I feel like by saying this, people are 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 accusing me of a whole bunch of stuff. But like honestly, I like I I just I I think we have to end racism in all its forms. And and just just because you know one day I'm the victim, tomorrow it could be you. You you, you never you never know. I'm going to use testimony from people that know Jimmy Dore who are going to tell you really what's motivating Jimmy Dore. And you know what the core of all this is? Jimmy reached out to the Cornell West campaign and said, I'd love to work on your campaign. And when they said no, Jimmy got mad. This is, this is, this is what he's done. He, ta he makes everything and takes it personal. And that's not what I got into this space for. I got into this space because I wanted to fix things. Um, it was just so, I'm not surprised to, for two reasons. One, one of the reasons I, I, I stopped being a part of the Jimmy Dore show was in the summer of 2021, when he basically said it was okay that, that, um, Kyle Rittenhouse was acquitted. I was like, what? The Jimmy Dore show literally was a heavy anti-cop critical of the police department, critical of their jackboot tactics. And then he lit, Jimmy was literally quoting Blue Lives Matter talking points. It was like, wow. And I know someone who was working on a show that had an argument with him about that. And Jimmy said, I've never been wrong, which is like his out of control ego. So this is all about his ego. Um, Cornell West didn't want him on his campaign. So Jimmy's like, no, RFK kisses Jimmy's ass. So he likes RFK. And in that interview, he was a little hard on RFK about RFK's horrible stance on Israel, but RFK has a bunch of other horrible stances that Jimmy is soft on. Tulsi Gabbard kissed Jimmy's ass, and he, she's off. I mean, she. I did videos on, and I took a ton of shit when I brought on this guy that, that showed all these very distinct ties to Hindu nationalism. And there's this whole group of people that just, whatever Jimmy says, Jimmy pro- Jimmy like Tulsi, me like Tulsi. Jimmy pro man, you know, no no mandate, me no mandate. Jimmy no vaccine, me no vaccine. They just follow whatever he says because he's got more clicks. And some of those people used to be on my show as regular guests, and they made a choice. I'm going to start by saying shout out to the Vanguard uh, and also shout out to some of my Spidey senses because like the Vanguard, when they were within the Jimmy Dore ecosystem, uh, were pretty prompt to call out Jimmy Dore immediately once they realized what a fucking hack Jimmy Dore is. And like, you don't see that with everybody. Like people always get accused of being orbiters for one, you know, streamer or content producer or another. Uh, and that's a really good example of people who were just straight up like this guy is a fucking fraud and a half. And it's obvious. Graham show is way smaller has you know is only 10 percent of the audience less than 10 percent of the audience of jimmy show so i'm gonna go on jimmy show and agree with whatever jimmy says there's nobody or in jimmy Dore's world that disagrees with him nobody and you can make all your theories all you want you haven't worked closely with this guy you haven't known him for 30 years so you don't know what you're talking about i do people that have worked with him do graham sound pretty convincing to me I mean, I, I can't imagine why a guy who knows you 30 years would all of a sudden just turn on you and say that you're a narcissist and you're crazy and you're self-serving and you're vindictive and you're petty. And you also got a lot of personal issues. I, I knew that, though. But I knew that without sure the, the background. Jimmy Dore fans won't listen to anything Graham says. They'll just say, he's a plant. 
The oh, CIA course. put him up to it. Mm-hmm. Or Joe Biden hired him. Oh, or he's part of the corporate duopoly. That's the one I always hear now, right? Ah, oh, DNC hacks part of the fucking corporate duopoly. Ah. Something like that. Just so that you can make sure that you're hearing it clearly. One more time, a little bit more from Graham Elwood on YouTube. And I would never have people around me that just agree and kiss my ass. But this is what happens when you go through 12-step recovery is you have to make a searching and fearless moral inventory of yourselves. And when you're drinking and doing drugs every day, you're not capable of that. So this is what this is about. Let's get that clear. You know, when Bernie didn't want to come on Jimmy's show, Jimmy turned on Bernie. And there's much to be critical, but but it's it, you got to understand it's all about that ego. If Cornell West would have said, "Yeah, Jimmy, you can work on my campaign," Jimmy would be banging the drum for Cornell West, and that's why he keeps talking about your advisors, your advisors. That's Jimmy saying, Jimmy basically says, "I really want to be invited to this party. Everyone in that party's awesome. I got to be in that party." And when he's not invited, he goes, "Everyone in that party sucks. I hate them." He does that time and time again. He does that. Time- and honestly, that is so fucking weird. That's so weird. It, it, that's like it seems like you still got fucking like liberal comedian fucking Showtime brain. It's like ah, I want to go all the parties. Why don't they invite me? Why won't AOC come on the show? You see this? You see this? She's a corporate shell for the DNC. They all are synthetic leftists. Don't go anywhere. Coming up, I have another clip I want to share with you from someone else, not me, who says, "Hey, they heard some things about Jimmy. They want to share with the rest of the world." Okay, before we get to that, I want to show you the big bombshell that just got released, and uh, this is an entire thread on this. Jimmy Dore admits to taking $5,000 from billionaire Peter Allard. And then, um, you know, he kept sending me emails, and I just thought this guy was nuts. (laughs) I thought he was nuts. And then um, one day, uh, he made a $5,000 donation to, to our show which was by far the biggest donation we've ever, we've ever gotten. <laughs> and I was like, what the hell is going on? This uh, this crazy person is now making a donation. It's probably not going to go through. And I said, if that goes through, you know, then we know it's for real. It's the real guy. It went through. And so I was like, ha! Ah! So I called him. <laughs> and I said, I didn't know it was really you. And um, so then I just went and covered the Allen Prize, and I met him. and. Um, you know, talked to him a lot since then. And, you know, unfortunately COVID happened and I couldn't see him. We couldn't go up to, they didn't anyway. So that was the story. So, uh, but when I met him, you know, uh, there, anyway, it was just, he was just a great guy. And, uh, he, he, all he cared is if you had the courage to tell the truth. And if you did, he was your friend. Wow. See, like, I always thought it was us versus them. Isn't that the whole thing? Like, you know, it's on the fedora. Gets his fucking look on. Gets that whole thing going. You know this one? You see this? The corporate duopoly here. Synthetic leftists. Yeah, it's us versus them. The rich versus the poor. Fuck! Fuck! He really had a strong contempt for corruption. And he was a trained lawyer and a very successful lawyer. And he saw firsthand how the legal system can be. Yeah. Well, that's, hey, that's just the first. The first of many, by the way. Uh, this is receipt number two. Here's Jimmy mentioning Peter Allard and how Allard influences purity testing with us or against attitude that is so prevalent in Jimmy's act. This is exactly the idea that we'd been talking about when we were up in Canada, a eh, with some uh, progressives up eh? there when we went up for the Peter Allard. Uh, 
In fact, he had a great idea that is very similar to this, that all the progressives would get together and have, a, and have our litmus test of her. This is what you need to – these are the issues you need to support, and we'll support you. So this sounds very much the same way. It's like ah, we're, we're done affiliating ourselves with a party. We're going to affiliate ourselves with a pro-worker agenda, and either you're for it or you're not, and we're going to endorse the person who's for it, whether it be in the Green Party – no, I didn't buy that hat for a skit, uh, unfortunately. I, I do love someone who commits to a bit. I actually got this because uh, I went to a wedding this summer, and that was, like, the theme. And I was like, this, I mean, this this really does look like a plantation owner's hat. That's not the theme, by the way. I didn't go to a plantation plantation owner's wedding. It was more like you have to wear, like, white hats if you're a dude and stuff like that was one of the, the requirements. And that's the only reason. I've only, I, I have only literally worn it one time. And then I was just like, oh, that kind of looks like a Chubidor hat. Whether it being in our own party, whether it be anywhere, we're going to vote and do the person who endorses us no more the lesser of two evil that's what they're saying now yeah. that they're finally saying what i was saying for what we were saying at this show for over a year billionaires the will lesser save us. Of two evils is what got you this this is exactly the idea okay so you know it took some money da, da, da. jimmy door talking to peter allard oh so they hang out he reports with them this is peter allard for the peter allard prize and we're heading over right now for the ceremony and I'm, I'm excited about it. Questions and answers, yeah. Yeah, oh, that's what we're doing. We're going to the Glenn Greenwald's giving a question and answer right now, right? Right. right. The ceremony's later. Yeah. Yeah, I'm done. So, by the way, I can say this without uh, worrying about the consequences. I am not funded by uh, any billionaires, unless those billionaires are donating in very small amounts on my Patreon, unbeknownst to me. But outside of that, I have not been contacted directly by a billionaire at any point or a billionaire's organization or a think tank. And they've offered me vast sums of money that I've then tried to play off. It's just kind of like I just randomly got this dono the other day in my show. You know, sometimes people donate $10, sometimes 25 if they're having a really good week. But I mean, this week I just randomly got a $5,000 donation and I was like, well, that's different. And so, like, when I saw that, I was like, that's kind of weird. I don't normally get that much money. Uh, and then I just looked into who exactly was donating. And then I did some research on the guy. And, like, I know I shit on billionaires a lot on this show and that they're exploitational and that they take, you know, fucking the, the surplus value of labor from all their employees. And that's probably a bad thing. But in this case, there are actually exceptions to the rule. I'm very proud to say that. Like, I, I learned that after the fact. And that's a good thing. You know, they're, they're hashtag not all billionaires, y'all. Okay? Hashtag not all billionaires. Um, so I get a lot of things wrong. Peter, this is Peter. Cool stuff. It's cost me money disagreeing with Jimmy. If I just, if I just, all I cared about was money, I'd, I'd agree with him. But I'm not going to do that. I am only going to talk about what I believe in. And I don't, if you don't believe me or you don't like me, whatever, I'm saying what I believe in. No one's in my ear. Okay. And I know Jimmy was getting money from Peter Allard, who is a billionaire that was paying some indie, he's supposedly a progressive. He was paying Jimmy what I was told was five grand a month. And then I heard this Peter Allard guy during the whole vaccine thing in 2021 told at several shows that he was paying. Hey, I need you to push this anti-vaccine stuff. And several of the shows said, I don't want your money more. We're done. And Jimmy kept taking his money. That's my understanding. So there's a lot of stuff that's suspect here. It's cost me money disagreeing with Jimmy. If I just, if I just, all I cared about was money. And I, I... So multiple, apparently, uh, accusations of uh, taking multiple donations from Peter Allard. Jimmy Dore introduces Peter Allard to Aaron Matei, a sonographer to genocidal dictators at the Gray Zone. It sounded like the Allard-funded Aaron. Uh, Aaron, now you want to say anything about uh, Peter? Yeah, well, you know, so I met Peter through you, Jimmy, and uh, he became a really close friend and was also a big supporter of the work that I do. And uh, everything you said. 
why? Why? Why would this private billionaire be interested in funding the work that you do? The very important work that the gray zone does. I wonder. I it just it's curious to me. Does he does he secretly is he like the world's biggest class trader? And he's just like, I really, really want to take down the system. Or does he find perhaps conspiracy theorists to run a lot of cover for a lot of what capitalists are trying to achieve? And they will spend a little bit of money here and there. Because it doesn't seem to take a lot to get YouTubers who've got channels where they get like 10,000 live viewers in their pockets. Like, goddamn, fucking five grand? That, that, like, I don't know how much he's being paid on a regular basis, by the way. I don't know if they get reoccurring. Like, I'm, I'm assuming it's obviously a fucking city amount. I'm not saying it's just as petty as fucking five grand. That's all that was. But five grand seemed to be the initial difference maker, where all of a sudden it was like, I, I, I was curious uh, who, I mean, where the, the money came from. But uh, now, I, I mean, I, this is a good guy. Say he cares. He believes so strongly in fighting corruption in standing up for human rights, and he was fearless. He really wanted to take on the money where his mouth was, and he gave away prizes, and he he helped people who were independent journalists all over the country, all over the world, I mean. So they put together... Um, Aaron, now, you want to say anything about uh, Peter? Yeah, well, you know, so I met Peter through the Western world, who he... Sorry, I didn't know it was looping. I, I, I brought it ...saw back. as being, you know, at the source of so much of the suffering of people around the world. And so tried to support people who were engaged in efforts uh, in fighting corruption and uh, atrocities around the world. And so he was a great friend and a great person, and uh, he's, he's, he's sorely missed. And he didn't care what political stripe you were from. If you stood up for freedom of speech and freedom yep. of journalism... Uh, and he was he was your champion, right? He and was totally nonpartisan. He didn't care about what party people were from. He just wanted to see you know righteous causes advanced. So here's a video they put together for him. So I want to show it to everybody. And don't get me wrong, Peter Allard, if you're unaware of what he does, he uh, is uh, one of the billionaire ph uh, philanthropists, you know, kind of like a Bill Gates and that uh, he does a handful of things that certain people look towards on a regular basis being like, oh, well, I mean, there, there are good ones, right? There are billionaires who are willing to spend millions of dollars in some cases to support uh, initiatives. Now, I'm not talking specifically about Jimmy Shore in the gray zone. That's just kind of like, I'm pretty sure uh, I don't know a better word than uh, running cover uh, or sorry, term uh, in that case. Um, but there are cases where I believe Peter Allard donated something like, you know, 30 or $40 million to, uh, you know, the various law school initiatives for civil rights or things like that, that you could point towards in the same way that you could for Bill Gates, right? Like, yeah, Bill Gates may have done a lot of fucked up shit, but there are instances where you could certainly point towards the Bill Gates Foundation spending, uh, you know, millions upon millions of dollars for mass vaccination programs in, in different countries and stuff like that. It's one of those. Um, it just, it really goes into, to show how the faux persona of a Jimmy Dore, and I've, I've said this before, his show, why does it exist? So that right-wingers, Republicans can watch a YouTube channel and be like, hey, look at that. We're right. We're correct. Look, even a leftist thinks so. Even a leftist is pointing these same problems out. And obviously, once you start dipping into the anti-vax world, that seems to overlap with a whole bunch of the shit. He pretty went fell right into the fucking uh, let's go full transphobia. Uh, Jimmy Dore didn't take long on that one. Jimmy Dore touting billionaire Peter Allard uh, an Operation Car Wash in Brazil that took down Lula. International integrity. So this is uh, a guy named Peter Allard in Canada, Vancouver, and he's uh, the law school named after him at the University of British Columbia. Also and true. So. Uh, the reason I know about this is because he's a fan of the show, eh? 
And uh, so he likes the Jimmy Dore show. So he reached out to us to come cover this. They're giving away an award uh, uh, annually, correct? And um, so they find people who fight corruption all over the world. It is really a heady experience to be there. It was. And Glenn Greenwald was the keynote speaker. And now I want to show you uh, the the nominees. So the first... the first finalist, right, finalists for this prize are a group of lawyers from Brazil who are uncovering unbelievable amounts of corruption and, and winning. So let's watch. This is who they are. Oops. Oops. So they're called just for, so they're called the Car Wash Task Force. And the reason why is because their investigation started with a money laundering operation that started in a car oh, wash, did it. but then oh, okay. it just expanded to almost the whole government. So there you go. So there you go. Interesting. Cool. How'd that work out? Um, all, uh, obviously, and it's it's like now that it's all coming to light and there's a fucking nonstop list of, of receipts, it does put into question the entire fucking Jimmy Dore narrative that it's consistently us versus them. You know, he's a truth teller. He's independently funded, doesn't get any outside funding from billionaires, all that kind of stuff, because at the end of the day, he has to smash, smash the corporate duopoly. Don't forget about that. But first, let me say this. So I've been getting a lot of comments from people, you know, saying things about Jimmy Dore, telling me, hey, Jimmy Dore this, Jimmy Dore that. And I'm going to tell you, it's been like 75% of people have been supportive, 25% of you know, people have been like, no, Timmy Crazy, Jimmy Dore is so smart. He's so, he's amazing. He's the yeah, that was crackhead, Bernie. He's the great white hope and all this other stuff. The good thing is that I have an audience that's now built off Jimmy Dore. So I won't lose people. And the people I do lose, they're his people. So I'm okay. And I'm encouraging all you other black commentators. Let go of Jimmy Dore while you still got a chance, man. <laughs> this guy has destroyed your credibility. He put you in harm's way. By doing this, he didn't care about your reputations. He didn't care about your credibility going forward. This was totally self-serving on his part. And by you uh, taking his side in this, you're destroying your own campaigns. And look, I don't even owe you that because we know how you did me in supporting him before. But as your brother, as your older brother, as an older guy who's been doing this for 12 years now, was helped a lot of people, even if they backstabbed me. <laughs> Let me tell you, he ain't worth it. Cut ties. All right, so in this clip, someone sent me this, all right? Someone sent me this in the comment section, and they asked me a question, and now it really makes sense what this person was asking, because at the time, I didn't know what they were talking about. I also have a question for you, Tim, or anyone with insight. I heard not long ago that Jimmy approached Dr. West's campaign offering to be Dr. West's publicity manager, or something like that, and Dr. West wisely said no. Is there any truth to this story? When Dr. West first announced with the People's Party, Jimmy was very excited and supportive. But then, a brief time later, all of a sudden, nothing but hostility toward Dr. West. Tim is right. Jimmy has no core, the rot of greed. The same story as TYT, Crystal Ball, Kyle Kalinsky, and all of them. And now it looks like due dissidents and hard lens media, and perhaps even revolutionary blackout network are going to continue to support Jimmy, all for access. Which makes them too no better than Crystal Ball, TYT or Ryan Grimm, and his silly book about AOC. That's interesting, isn't it? 
Does it sound like it makes sense? Sounds like Graham Elwood has the same story as this anonymous person. Of course, you know, I made the audio. I had to put the audio together and make it so people would get through it. You know? That silly book, The Very Hungry Caterpillar. But yeah. um, I found it very interesting, and I find it a coincidence that uh, it's kind of rare. So I think, I look, look, I think it's true. And now when I saw this tweet that Dr. Cornel West sent out, serious revolutionaries keep the focus of the suffering. Serious revolutionaries keep the focus on the suffering and struggling of everyday people who fight against empire, capitalism, white supremacy, male supremacy, homophobia, transphobia. Superficial ones cater to their individual careers, market opportunities, and personal polemics that bring attention only to themselves. Hashtag. People over profits. I guess some people are probably wondering, Tim Black, when are you going to let this go? I let it go when he lets it go. Because, see, I believe in this campaign, and I believe it's for the better of the world. I believe that our political process can be helped by this, that we could change politics in America. We could have an impact. And that's what I've been doing politics for, to have a positive impact on the world, man. This ain't for me. It's for my kids. So my grandbabies, it's for you. It's for us. That's why I'm with Dr. West. I've made mistakes in the past. In fact, guys, it sounds like listening to Graham Elwood, maybe Jimmy's not a racist. Maybe he's just a narcissistic, petty, vengeful, hateful individual. I think he's a racist. I think he's a racist and a transphobe with also some substance abuse and some other problems. So maybe he's not a racist. But he's damn sure a bigot. And he's damn sure self-centered and power-hungry and a control freak. And his ego is way out of control. And his, his interests are not those of the people. Their interests are his own personal interest. Very self-serving guy. Um, if you want to follow Tim Black, here's a link uh, to his channel uh, for that first part. So that's a lot of the new revelations in Jimmy Dore conspiracies as of right now. Um, he's got a, a rebuttal. Here's why Cornel West is upset because he's a DNC shill, of course. So I don't know if you caught what I said. I don't know who's advising you. It sounds like an infiltrator. And then he just snapped. I, what do you think of He's like he doesn't have any advisors. Why wouldn't you have advisors? That, of course he did, and he was already in talks with this with the guy he just hired, this guy Peter Dow, who is an infiltrator. <laughs> That's amazing. No wonder Cornell West overreacted because he hired this guy. He said, I am very blessed to have my brother Peter Dow. Now, if, I'm going to tell you who Peter Dow is. Peter Dow is an infiltrator. Peter Dow was one of the hitmen for Hillary Clinton. He smeared everybody 24-7, including myself, including Bernie Sanders, anybody who voted for Bernie Sanders, third-party voters, Jill Stein. This guy was a hitman. One of the most big, the biggest smear merchants for Hillary Clinton's corporatism and warmongering. And so that's why when I asked Cornell West this, I think that's why he overreacted. I was trying to give him an out saying. 
this is this is where the pettiness comes in. Because yes, uh, by the way, if you want to look at the history of Peter Dow, he was basically kind of like a resistance politician who has obviously moved a lot further left since then, and now uh, is uh, I'd say a higher position grab for someone like Cornell West to try and use because he's actually got political experience in some arenas. But at the same time, yep, you're directly going to open yourself up to this criticism instantaneously. Let's take all of that, put it in a box, and then shove that box out of the way for a couple seconds and get to the talk that just you and Cornell had one on one. That has nothing to do with any of this. We watched the entire thing. You kept saying and bringing and invoking this thing where you're like, and I don't want you to talk about white supremacy and get all distracted by this fucking, you know, liberal ID politics of white supremacist bullshit and all this kind of stuff. And then obviously Cornell West is like, you know, living as the lived experience of a black person, not to mention, like, he didn't have to say this, but the guy's like a lifelong civil rights advocate. Uh, he has experienced it firsthand. So it's not just like a theory to him in the same way that Jimmy Dore is trying to say that this is just some kind of like, you know, lib, uh, liberal identity politics weaponized for the benefit of the DNC shills, blah, blah, blah. You're talking to a civil rights activist who is running as an independent against the Democratic Party. Where Where do you think you are right now? That, hey, your advisor, I, I didn't want to call, say he's having bad ideas. I wanted to say his advisors were. I thought that would be a nice way to say it. Watch how he reacts. Even more condescending now. It's like, oh, no, no, no. You, you didn't actually have those opinions. Those probably weren't your opinions, right? Someone made you say that to me. Right. Because otherwise you wouldn't have gone so hard on me. You wouldn't have pushed back. You wouldn't have said that it's kind of ridiculous that I'm kind of choosing this whole lockdown thing is the biggest crisis of our time. I mean, that is pretty fucking privileged, isn't it? To be like the biggest fucking issue of facing our time is, is COVID lockdowns. Like, that's that's what I was like. You saw fucking Cornell West completely go fucking, uh, you know, level up mode when, when he was being questioned that way and being like, how, how dare you say something like that when there's the suffering of Palestinians in the world, for example? That's just one of many that I could bring up to. Then this whole fucking, the ant, like the unvaxxed weren't able to go out for dinner and go to the club. Like, that's, that's the fucking, that's the crisis of our area. Like, you weren't forced to be vaccinated. You didn't have to, but other people didn't have to be forced to be around your sick ass that that's like that's the biggest crisis of our time and paying to pick up traction this is the opposite way to do it who's ever advising you sounds like an infiltrator oh, but, but, but why you keep saying advising i'm thinking for myself brother. I'm a okay i don't mean to insult you that's not <laughs> so i think that's why so here he is he announces it uh they're going to work together los angeles presidential candidate so there it is that's the announcement now so what kind of garbage is Peter Dow known for? He's Dow, he's known for making false attacks on people and hiding behind sexism, racism, misogyny, everything. So when he was working for Hillary Clinton, Chris Saliza tweeted out, it's been 263 days since Hillary Clinton last held a press conference. That's a dangerous president. That's a, that's a year, right? Or almost, a, that's like three quarters of a year, mm -hmm. isn't it? 260, mm -hmm. anyway, who cares? It's a long time. It's a long time. <laughs> and so he retweets this. Yeah, like Loss is mentioning, if Loss, for example, someone who's visibly indigenous, started talking about issues that relate to indigenous people, such as missing and murdered indigenous women, that's not someone doing liberal identity politics for the benefit of the fucking the Democrats or the liberals in Canada or whatever it is. If you have someone who's talking about issues that can directly either pertain to them or broadly speaking, you could just talk about issues that you think are kind of fucked up in society that doesn't by default setting mean, well, that's identitarianism. Yeah, you're just hiding behind all these terms. These these bad words make me feel bad. Oh, I'm a transphobe. Oh, I'm a turf. Oh, I'm a racist. Oh, I'm a bigot. Ah, it's us versus them. Me and my fucking billionaire back to Peter Allen funds. This guy's saying Trump not releasing his tax returns is no problem, though. 
okay, those two things don't have anything to, to do with each other. So that's just them trying to deflect. He retweets it, and then he's... So anyways, as you can imagine, this entire thing is about how Peter Dow and Peter Dow's history of being a fucking DNC shill has corrupted Cornell West's brain and turned Cornell West into a fucking DNC hack, which, by the way, for what I would consider to be, in complete honesty, a very fair and balanced pushback of like, by the way, how can you in one breath, Jimmy Dore, keep saying that white supremacy and, and even discussing it is a distraction. It's a distraction from the issues. While at the same time, the biggest issue and crises facing us today was the COVID lockdowns. That is the most privileged fucking bullshit in the world. And then to get into this weird defensive and like, am I supposed to be ashamed for how I was born, for being white? Am I supposed to apologize for, no. No, that, this is white supremacist talking points. What are you talking about? No one is asking white folk to suddenly uh, hate themselves for the color of their skin. No, no one is asking white people to be ashamed of who they are or who their families are. They're saying, do you understand the concept of whiteness, the concept of othering, the concept of racialization, the concept of how people are treated different? Do you need to see the stats? Do you need to see the criminal justice system stats on how people are treated differently if they're white or black in America? Do you need to see the stats in Canada, how you're treated differently if you're indigenous? or white in Canada. They're, they are dramatic when you look at the numbers. What explains that? Is it that inherently racialized people just are more prone to committing crime? Or is there something else going on here? Could this speak to a lot of issues, including issues that you as a leftist pretend to care about? Issues of class, of class warfare, of poverty. Does poverty suddenly lead to increases in things like crime, drug use, things like that? If there is a correlation there, doesn't that speak more? There's nothing that pisses me off more than the idea of people trying to stand behind, like, you know, Sam Sam Harris did this with, with race and IQ and the bell curve and being like, you know, I, I had thought that the entire thing was, was, was obviously some kind of racist uh, quackery. I'd been told that by my colleagues, but then when I looked deeper into this, I, I found that this was simply data and, and, and raw data that was being reported upon, I don't understand why we can't talk about this raw data. Well, motherfucker, listen to a much more credible and better and based-ass scientist like Stephen Jay Gould, who will be like, what does the race and IQ thing truly demonstrate? What, what are we looking at here? What is this representational love? What are these numbers representing? Because when I look at these numbers, I see poverty. I see incredibly inadequate schooling systems in areas that are predominantly black in America. So that's what this data shows me. Not that black people are inherently lower IQ. That's the fucking racist part. That's like, and when people see this and they see these numbers and they're like, oh, okay, so white people have higher IQs, black people have lower IQs. You get all these white supremacists who try to use this as a justification for things like mass incarceration. And that's fucked. And that needs to be talked about. And, and talking about that is not liberal identity politics. In fact, I, I would posit that most liberals don't want to go that deep. Like they'd be like, ah, uh, yeah, I don't know. We're getting a bit uh, off course here. Let's just get back to uh, white guilt. Uh, have you read it? Okay, good. Have you experienced your white guilt? Have you have you absolved yourself? Good. Okay, we're we're good. We we have absolved. We are clean. Says this. Uh, I want to give a shout out to uh, Dan from the internet for uh, reminding me of one of the greatest fucking Michael Brooks and Sam Cedar sketches of all time. Uh, this is the late and great Michael Brooks doing and uh, I would say immortalizing fucking Jimmy Dore and Grey Zone and fucking faux weird clown shoes <laughs> uh, left. With me as always is Todd Snowflake and the Mopey Progressive. How is everybody? <laughs> Terrible as usual. Terrible as usual, says the Mopey Progressive. And of course, we got Todd Snowflake on the line. 
Got a lot to get to today, but of course, for the uh, special power hour, I got to first warn you, you're about to enter caution. You're about to enter a no <laughs> fucking sellout zone. <laughs> and uh, joining me uh, via Skype, he's a journalist. He's a guy who's done more to expose the, the corruption <laughs> at the DNC than practically anybody. He's an independent. Re- he's a guy who's also recently, we're going to talk about it in a minute, he's getting smeared a lot. By so-called progressives, I call them faux fucking aggressives because they're not, and they promote war. AA Seaman is with us from Skype. AA, thank, thank you for being here. There's just so much to love about this. It's so darling, especially fucking like you know, rest in peace, Michael Brooks. You absolute genius. Uh, the, this whole thing for, from start to finish. I love the lights. I, I love the lighting. The fucking Caleb Maupin. Why is the lighting? Always on the down. Are you telling ghost stories? Are you about to tell ghost stories? Uh, thank you, uh, Donnie. I just, uh, as you know, I'm a journalist and an editor and an author and a radio personality, a producer and an auteur, showrunner, a certified public accountant, day laborer, too. <laughs> And a homemaker, I also do some search engine optimization <laughs> and as well as solution coordinator and a content strategist and a user experience magistrate. <laughs> so AA, you do you do so many things, but but yeah. one of the things the things we know you for is exposing the corruption of, of the <laughs> DNC. Uh, and so you go on all I'm sorts also of platforms. A cobbler, and I'm a creative <laughs> director, yes. And and also a creative wow. So that yeah, that's that's amazing. So you go on a lot of different outlets to talk about the corruption of the DNC because as we know, Bernie Sanders Watching Sam, not to, I, watching both of them just break throughout this entire thing. Like, I could see, by the way, how, like, if uh, a right-winger was watching this, they would be like, this is so cringe. It's, like, two people who think themselves so funny. Whereas, like, no, no, this is two comedians who obviously are uh, losing it over one another's <laughs> characters right now. Sanders was going to win the election. He didn't blow the fire alarm, so they stole it. And now uh, uh, Donald Trump is president. But yesterday, or last week, I should say, you were on a show... I don't listen to this show. Apparently, it's called The Eternal Jew, which I guess is kind of a weird name for a show. I don't know. I don't listen to it. But uh, you were there to talk about corruption in the DNC and how to end wars. And now now the left, uh, now they're smearing you. Yeah, they are. Um, okay. On the negative side, they're against Jews, but they are also against war and appreciate all the corruption that's happened at the DNC. Uh, and so they have a plan to end war. It just happens to be involving the Jews not creating so many wars, but we're all on the same side and we have to be able to make those type of alliances uh, or we're not going to end war. Right. And then they say we should work with Rachel Maddow, even though she's calling for war every single night. And then you go on and then you say, oh, well, the Pittsburgh shooter was uh, used to be a patron or whatever the fuck of the show you were on. But then people will say that. I say it's the narcissism of small difference, like Chris Hedges. We could come together, whether you're saying police shouldn't shoot you uh, uh, if you're Mexican at the border, which we don't like. 
but maybe also you believe in the protocols of the elders of Zion that we should come <laughs> together because we don't want fucking corruption and war, and now they're smearing you for it. Well, I just finished making a video where I commented on the video made by Jason over at the Inclusionary Revolutionary and the video that he made commenting on the anonymous unanimous dissent video, which of course was a comment on left or our own devices that Ken had done over there, commenting on the fascist fuckers video that was a critique of what Anna Kasparian said. And so people can Ooh, see Anna that. Kasparian. Yes, at uh, my channel, AA Seaman uh, at YouTube. <laughs> A.A. Seaman, it's, I mean, it's just so important we look at his videos if you want to understand what happened at the DNC. He's been top of it from the beginning and also what will the happen next. The media has let go of this story. I am still chasing down some leads about the DNC's involvement with Vince Foster, but we can talk about that in a moment. With Vince Foster? Whoa. Yes. I didn't even know about that I will one. have an exclusive on this probably soon. Whoa, 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 whoa. So I have to look for that. So I want to play uh, a little piece of, of tape for us, everybody here in studio and for AA. Because, you know, <laughs> I keep hearing from other channels. Like I love all the windows mini moving around. MSNBC, and I still I actually don't see the uh, mini MSNBC clip that we're going to play on this list about the Supreme Court. But I hope we have it. Uh, but uh, we're going to go with another direction first. Uh, so. You keep hearing about how the Democratic Party, they're going to change. Progressive media is going to get better. Bernie Sanders is saying we should work inside the party, even though they stole it from disgusting. him. Disgusting. Disgusting. <laughs> it's fucking disgusting. He didn't blow the fire alarm. So now the Democrats run everything and they promote war. But I, I call him Bernie sellout, Tanders. Yes, because he's a fucking sellout. And, uh, and, oh, we'll, and we're okay, actually... Okay, that too, yeah. Because we're going to get to him soon. But first... Maybe, I don't know, maybe maybe Chris Hayes, he used to be a labor reporter. He used to report on labor. Maybe he's on it. Here's Chris Hayes just the other night. Let's see what he had to say. Good evening from New York. I'm Chris Hayes. Almost every day we see new evidence that members of the president's inner circle have been willing to auction off American foreign policy to the oh, highest bidder. Yeah. And that might be more than anything. A groaning bum. Thank you for the rating party of eight. Can anyone go to Twitch.tv slash groaning bum? Give him a groaning bum to follow back. The story of the corruption of this presidency. Corruption. I didn't hear him. <laughs> I didn't hear any mention of the fucking Clinton Global Initiative or Nancy Pelosi. Hey, <laughs> do I have maybe my hearings going? Did I miss something? No, he managed to completely avoid all of the corruption stories about <laughs> Nancy Pelosi, about uh, Hillary Clinton, about... The reason why, outside of just like the darling silly of this, why it's so on point and why I absolutely love I like every aspect of this bit is that everything is so true. It's like there's this entire weird and weird is the only way I can explain it, but weird ecosystem of like, you know, leftist content creators who just always have to out corruption each other. <laughs> 
I am the least corrupt, uncorruptible of the corruptest, you know, like, and everything is about how every other person is part of the corporate duopoly. Ah, uh, you see, that's only a matter of time until these people fall to the corporate duopoly and get paid off. And then it's just like, it's so wild that these same people, aka Jimmy Dore, he's straight up being funded by billionaires. And, and if you've got billionaire funding, and then that billionaire funding led to you giving a very wonderful press circuit to a billionaire, holy fuck, like, uh, I, I'm now meeting with this person, and he's, he's actually the only person standing up for like truth and press and he believes about the real fight and it's not the fact that he's throwing me these five thousand dollar gifts every now and then here and there it's just, it's more that he cares he actually cares about ending the corruption it's us versus them us versus that's all it is no one's willing to tell you that though no no one has the fucking guts to tell you the truth it's us versus the fucking corporate elites the globalists the cabal oh shit uh, the the globalists, the them, you know, they, them, that it's, it's us versus them. And then we have to make sure that we stop it. And, and that's why we may have to partner with a couple of people who may have a couple of weird ass ties to some fash. But at the end of the day, they're speaking truth to power. You know, how many people here were around for the fucking the Boogaloo Boy arc when Jimmy Dore was not only fucking talking about the Boogaloo Boys in a favorable light, he was bringing spokesmen on for the Boogaloo Boys and all of a sudden talking to them and being like, ah, by the way, I mean, people are saying that you're apparently some part of a, I don't know, uh, alt-right white supremacist organization or stuff like that. And it seems to me, all you care about is ending the police state, uh, ending uh, mass incarceration. That's that's what I'm I'm told to believe. Uh, you believe in uh, uh, freedom of firearms, that everyone should be able to have firearms. Uh, I think we're speaking the same language why don't we align why, why don't we and then you know obviously i think it was yeah rod weber was the one who actually like came forward and was doing an interview with jimmy and was like did you do any research into who the boogaloo boys are what the organization stands for what the origins of the organization are how so much of it is actually deeply entwined with white supremacist organizations do you know the goal why they call themselves the boogaloo boys why they use that symbol of the igloo and everything like that what that all represents did you know the race war that they're trying to start the actual civil war that they think they are on the cusp of enacting do, do you know, and he was like, "Oh no, I don't, I don't know, I don't know about that. I, I, I had, I had the, you know, the the kid on, and he, he was talking about a lot of, a lot of things that I agree with. You know, uh, the the two of us are against, you know, uh, the the police state. We we talked about that, and and then he, he wants freedom for guns. There's there's that aspect as well. And it's like to me, that that was like the most mind blowing Jimmy Dore moment, where it's like, not only do you not know what you're talking about." to a dangerous really dangerous degree you did zero fucking research on this zero to the point that you don't even know what the boogaloo boys are about bill clinton about hillary clinton and nancy pelosi uh and uh the dnc and also chuck and schumer and debbie wasserman debbie schultz wasserman schultz yep. not a single word i wonder why he's completely avoiding that in that clip didn't say anything about it whatsoever. It's almost as if you can see his corporate taskmasters handing him a big wad of cash. And you can feel the fear. And, you know, last week, Tim Canova was telling us that that the DNC and Debbie Wasserman Schultz gave him the first from computer to human transmitted virus. <laughs> but I bet you won't hear about that from Chris Hayes. And he used to be a fucking labor report. This is legit how Doris fans respond to Lance's tweets. Oh, every time. Every time, Agronian Bum. Every time I, I get a fucking uh, response, it'll be like, oh, fucking uh, the cocked liberal serfs once again supporting the corporate duopoly, blah, blah, blah. 
I talk shit about the DNC nonstop. I'm not even a fucking American. I can't vote for the Democrats or the Republicans. I don't have that right, you know? And I talk shit. Today I was posting about how there's this BBC article that just came out being like, the absolute and utter devastation of Libya right now is a, a sign that they were unable to rebuild after, you know, the, the terrible uh, rule of uh, Gaddafi. And I was like, and what else? What else happened that led to Libya being in utter shambles? Why don't they have any infrastructure? Why what, was there anything that happened perhaps to their mass irrigation systems? You know, like NATO allies bombing the ever-loving fuck out of that country? Did, did that lead to some bad times? Maybe? Democrats? Hey, Barack Obama, you, yeah, the, the, the first gay president of the United States apparently now, according to the right. Uh, didn't you say that was the biggest regret of your presidency? And, I mean, fair dues. That's a pretty big oopsie. Total labor reporter, not so much anymore. Now he's just a, it's more like um, Chris Shilhay. Anakin Sparian said on one of your shows, if you're not American, you're not allowed to talk about the USA, really? I, like, you know what's funny, and I'll say this to Americans, I only get that from America. Other countries are always so stoked when I do segments on them. I'm like, all right, everybody, today we're talking about Ireland. And all of a sudden, all the Irish are like, hell yeah, Irish politics, so nice, it's getting local now. And Americans are like, just like, Americans who are against what I'm saying, obviously, they're always like, you can't fucking talk about the shit, you're a Canadian. I like that, Chris Shell Hayes. I like that a lot. Oh, Chris Hayshell. <laughs> Chris Hayshell. Giving a, a facial for the corporations because he's a fucking sellout. Speaking of fucking sellouts, there's another uh, a coward on YouTube. He does a mini MSNBC show, and he, <laughs> he wants Chris Hayes' job, but uh, he stammers too much. <laughs> and uh, he... He uh, he's one of these guys that's always going on that. Oh, no, we need to stop Trump because of the Supreme Court. Guess what? You voted for Hillary. And Peter Allard is a billionaire philanthropist from my hometown, Vancouver, Canada, uh, who has done a lot of philanthropy. And so because of his uh, phil philanthropic work, he's considered one of the good billionaires in the same way that uh, what's his face? Um, Bill Gates is considered one of the good billionaires. And he's also a uh, funder of the Jimmy Dore show. And once that's now been thoroughly exposed, it's one of those things where Jimmy Dore his whole shtick is shitting on people who he feels are corporate sellouts, you know? Look at this fucking Sam Cedar motherfucker. Corporate sellout. Uh, MSNBC peacock motherfucker constantly fucking shilling for the DNC, unwilling to fucking break down the corporate duopoly, only cares about being a fucking, you know, hack, Biden bro, all that kind of shit. Like, you hear this nonstop, and then it's like, you were taking direct funding from a billionaire, a billionaire who wanted you to push some weird anti-vax fucking perspectives, and this is coming from some of Jimmy Dore's, like, oldest and closest friends, uh, and then there's all this video for that now surface of Jimmy Dore thoroughly being like, well, I didn't know who this guy was. I, I just, I, I hadn't really heard of him. And uh, $5,000 randomly just like appeared as a donation. It was like one of the biggest donations we've ever had. So I was like, oh, okay, maybe this, what's this guy about? I contacted his organization. I spoke to him and it turns out he's an incredible person. Uh, he's doing incredible work. Uh, here his, uh, is some of the coverage that his organization has done in Operation Car Wash. And then it's like, oh, oops, you were on the other side of that one. You, you mean the one that went after Lula? Well, okay, well, we'll ignore that part for now but a uh, really nice guy i'm gonna go interview him repeatedly and you still got neil gorsuch and brett kavanaugh on the supreme meanwhile sam's out there selling bidets <laughs> and cbd yeah cbd and uh what's the, the tushy one or whatever Fucking court how do you feel like a chump now uh but but let's play this clip because he's gonna go into ohio and everything else not a word when the dnc was stealing it from bernie but he's gonna talk now 
and uh, and we're going to talk about it. And may, I don't know, maybe he's not a fucking sellout anymore. The central question in this case was... No idea. Gotcha. Whether the National Voter Registration Act prevented this type of notify, wait, and purge process. Pause it. Um, um, I'm a fucking sellout. Uh, I'm a fucking sellout. Okay, keep playing it. According to the NVRA, uh, registrants who have not responded to a notice and who have not voted in two consecutive general elections for federal office shall be removed from the official list of eligible voters, except that no registrant may be removed solely by reason of a failure to vote. Okay? Now, Alito, when he wrote the opinion deciding this case, says that Ohio does not rely solely on a failure to vote to remove them from this, from the rolls. Um, Breyer, on the other hand, in writing the dissent, so what he points out that, in fact, the process does not start, or I should say this process starts because of a failure to vote. You know, Donnie, he, he talks so slowly, you can't follow anything he's saying. Right, exactly. exactly. <laughs> and it's yep. because he's covering up for the fact that he doesn't even talk about the DNC in this. Yeah, well, and exactly. even people who voted for Hillary Clinton, in no way did it help with the voter disenfranchisement that's happening in Ohio. He is spending his time on this and doesn't say a single word about Seth Rich, which is still a question. True. It, there's it's still there's a, question. a lot of questions. And I, my, I guess my question... A lot of questions, no answers. Where are the answers? For you, AA, as a, as a content curator and an investigative journalist and someone who's blown the lid on all the corruption, is do you think that he's doing that on I'm purpose? also... Uh, dental hygienist. <laughs> you think he's doing that on purpose, or uh, or is he or is he just so fearful that the the fucking oxygen isn't circulating to his brain? Because guess fucking what? Brett Kavanaugh would be on the Supreme Court even if Hillary Clinton was elected to fucking presidency. <laughs> Merrick Garland said that he wanted to strip birthright citizenship. I saw it some fucking where. Don't ask me for a citation. I'm a fucking jerk off comedian. <laughs> that's always the defense though right that's always the jimmy door defense it's it's he always falls back on that why am i the one finding this out you know i'm, I'm a fucking pothead jerk off comedian I, I have a show out of my fucking garage why am i the one figuring out all these hardcore facts but that's the fucking point and and the same thing would have happened anyways and bernie sanders we're gonna get to him in a second he won't even come on this fucking show Yes. So is it, is it, am I crazy? Am I crazy? No. Let's go take a call. Uh, you're calling from a 757 area code. Who are you? Where are you calling from? Welcome. <laughs> you're in the no fucking sellout zone. <laughs> Seven five seven. Seven five seven are you 
Todd Snowflakes. Hi, let's try another call. You're calling from an 847 area code. Who are you? Where are you calling from? Hi, it's Oz from Chicago. Oz from Chicago. Gotta be quick. Hi, I just want to say that uh, I love the investigative journalism you're doing. I think it's super spot on. Matt Bernie Sanders is a fucking corporate sellout. Also, have you heard that Michael Brooks? I mean, what is sellout? I mean, he's talking about like you know the the Lavanchato thing. I I want to get a T-shirt with Lavanchato. So Something so like Todd Snowflake's been asking for a Lavanchato T-shirt because. Well, uh, Todd, why do you want a T-shirt for what happened in Brazil when they put all the, the, the fucking the corporatists like, like Lula, they put him in jail because they fucking investigate people there? I think clearly you I know. Want... It's great. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ask. I'm going to go to Todd Snowflake on that. Thanks for the call. Todd, why do you want a Lava Jato T-shirt? Uh, same reason I, I believe this. So I say vote third party. No matter what, no matter where you are, I don't care if you're in a swing state. I don't know who the <laughs> fuck that is, a, but I agree. a fascist government. Because <laughs> you know, what they did was they showed because and now everybody's saying, oh, Bolsonaro, he's saying that I'm going to kill all the gay people as if there wasn't <laughs> fucking homophobia in Brazil when Lula was president. <laughs> Fuck off. Donnie, I did a video commenting on the righteous opinions video that he did about the humanitarianism's video that was a critique of the culture counter contra spin video. That was done in reaction to the fascist uh, uh, Ferger video and uh, the video that was basically a total takedown of the entitlement enlightenment video that um, uh, Kevin did. And I agreed with what you said. Yeah, no, and I think a lot of people were glad you did that video because there was a lot of propaganda going around uh, the Internet because people say they're doing independent news, but really what they're doing is repeating DNC talking points, and the DNC is corrupt. So, And I love that that, like, that video got out there and got a full like 543 views and like 12 like, likes to show you how they actually like, negatively impacted the corporate duopoly. Like, if that video hadn't been released, like, you know, things would have been way worse. So, uh, and a lot of what you're going to hear now about is, is Kamala Harris... Uh, because they want to put a, a, a pretty face uh, back on on corruption. They want uh, soul cycle corruption, not uh, ugly fat corruption. So they like Kamala Harris, even though she's a corporatist. And Kamala Harris came out and she supported Bernie Sanders. Uh, she's saying that she supports health care for all, which I don't even know if honestly if Bernie even supports it anymore because he's still in the Democratic caucus. But. Here she is, and she's going to say that she supports Bernie Sanders' plan. And I want to know if everybody in the studio in AA recognizes well, how many about how have. Kamala Harris announces her fucking support. Kamala Harris of California. Thank you. Thank you, Bernie. Well, I'm, I'm honored to stand with my colleagues and be in a room full of leaders. And this is a moment in time that I think we know is a very significant moment come. in time for our country. Where we, do not all come. of us, are standing up and saying, let's just do what's right. You've heard so many folks talk about it because we know it. Listen, no baby is born in America um, born as a Democrat or a Republican. Um, this should not be thought of as a partisan issue. It's not even a bipartisan issue. This is a nonpartisan issue. Cancer, diabetes, high blood pressure, 
affects folks around our country, regardless of whether they're in a red state or a blue state, regardless you were of their born a socialist? income, regardless wow. of their That's cool. status. And we should not differentiate in the way that we do public health policy. We should understand everyone, all, should receive the health care they need, regardless of where they live, their income, or their zip code. And that's what this bill is about, and I am proud to co-sponsor it. It is about saying that this is about a right, not about a privilege for a few. And let's be clear, it is not only about what is the right thing to do morally and ethically. What the fuck is that supposed to be? <laughs> it's not the right thing to do morally or ethically? Did you hear that, AA? <laughs> I did, you know, I did a video that was in response to the Temporal Talkers video that Resistance Radio had critiqued, uh, which was a response to the loophole liberal Ken over there. And then, of course, Jason at the Horseshoe Hero had written a video, uh, done a video that was actually semi-animated. And my response was... <laughs> Can we play the video again? The the, the one by Harris. Well, I think your response was that was that Kamala Harris. Could you did you see how bored she looked? Like she didn't even want to be there. Maybe if it was a press conference for for bombing Russia, she would be excited. You know what's funny is. <laughs> They predicted a lot in this skit, by the way. Like, the Rage Against the Corporate Sellout Hour. That, that's almost the name for that entire fucking rally, the Rage Against the War Machine. She seemed to be, like, completely uninterested. Could you see her body language? One of the things that I said on the video that I was a response to the egoless egalitarian was her <laughs> body language totally... <laughs> Do you guys think she might be ill? Well, that, that was the question because the mopey progressive had said that it looked that, that she's a dead ringer for having MS. And I thought she does look kind of strange the way she's, if you see the way she's sort of holding herself there, like she's trying to say, like, I do Pilates, but really my whole central nervous system is breaking down. You can't really, you can't really, you can't really, you can't really tell what's happening. Absolutely. I mean, I, I think if that hot topic adult slut from the majority report were here, she might say that this is a sign the left is making some progress. Maybe we can use Medicare for all as the tip of the spear to get us closer to socialism. But Jamie. that's just something a that's bullshit. Fuck off. Fuck <laughs> off with that. And, you know, these are the same people who will tell me in AA to not retweet Mike Cernovich to end the fucking war. We are close to ending war because Cernovich has helped us. He's got a lot. You know what's so sad is this is all still happening. This bit is just as relevant today, start to finish. Like every other day, it's like, whoa, uh, Glenn Greenwald just retweeted that fucking rape apologist, Mike Cernovich? Wait, why? And it's like, well, he's calling out war, uh, which will end war, and it's good. Yeah, it, he says he wants to end all funding to Ukraine uh, because at the end of the day, it is a, a war primarily engaged directly between America and Russia, and actually Ukraine doesn't exist, and actually Ukraine is just like a vassal state and Ukraine is actually just an American property and because of that that's what's actually happening so I'm quote tweeting that ignore everything else about the person because the message resounds strongly with my own beliefs and that's because again I'm fighting corruption a lot of actually great ideas particularly about funnel sales exactly and, and then people said oh maybe I don't know do I agree with his 
promoting, uh, uh, you know, I guess there was some type of pill that you give to gorillas at the zoo, and he was saying you give it <laughs> to girls. And I was saying, I don't agree with that. But the next one that said that Assad is a hero of Syria, I do fucking agree with. We can't work across lines. Fuck off. Uh, I think that FDR and Lenin teamed up. Exactly. You're the historian. I'm just a jack-off comedian. I didn't know that. That's a bit Todd, did you know that Lenin and FDR teamed up? I'd like to get a Lenin and FDR t-shirt. It's unbelievable. It's fucking amazing. I don't know. FDR was a bit of a sellout. <laughs> yeah. FDR. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Political puppy. This this is a great uh, test of how far I've come and healed because, like, I feel fantastic right now. If anything, this whole thing has been uh, very healing. It's it's. I mean, you know what? It's nice to see that this, like, this all changed. You know, we're not, we're not still living in this exact fucking scenario. Well, we had another, speaking of uh, sellouts now. You know what's wild, too, is that, like, right now, so any single person who even, like, remotely acknowledges anything good that has come from a Democrat in any way, shape, or form, especially not even at the federal level, but, like, at the state level, if you're suddenly, like, oh, well, these programs that have been implemented, uh, sorry, implemented, say, in Minnesota, have had dramatic, incredible things and benefits. Say, though, the taxing the rich by 1% has resulted in a uh, feeding all of the children program. There are now uh, available school lunches for every single child, regardless of their family income, regardless of their social situation, that is going to dramatically impact and help uh, child starvation. This is uh, an amazing thing. We, we should probably do more of this. This is an effective program that shows directly if you do, in fact, tax the rich more, you can use it to pay for social safety uh, programs that can benefit the very poor. Uh, and that will disproportionately also affect marginalized communities, people of color, all of that. This is awesome. And then if you say that right away, it's like, so uh, apparently Kalinsky, fucking corporate DNC shellout, Bernie bro, fucking gone to Biden bro here, hardcore fucking Biden crat, fucking think he's like Joe Brandon hero, fucking touting all this shit. This guy wasn't even in charge of that program Biden didn't do shit all you know Biden wasn't a part of it but he's saying this is apparently a good thing it's like yeah he's pointing out that guess what as a leftist we don't have the power like the ultimate supreme power there is like every person who's been getting furious at AOC for years like why won't she do the socialism yet she says she's socialist won't push the socialism button it's like you can also look at what is effective to try and get your goals. What are your aims? Are your aims going to be attained simply by saying, like, well, it's not until we have a hardcore, like, leftist, say, like, Jill Stein in power that anything's actually going to happen. And until that truly comes to pass, the corporate duopoly will never be destroyed. Anyone who doesn't agree with that is a corporate shill and just wants to uphold the corporate duopoly. And it's like, in my lifetime, I have seen a bigger rise of progressives infiltrating the democratic system uh, than, than I had in generations prior. Like, you, you want to point towards Bernie Sanders now being a complete and utter fucking sellout the bernie sanders run both of them especially the second one did more to further concepts like fucking even social democracy that like i don't think people realize how uh, as little as like 10 years ago that word was still a mccarthy era fucking uh, terrible term that people were scared shitless of saying publicly when, when you've got a bernie sanders going on mainstream television all of a sudden sitting across from all those late night hosts like jimmy kimmel and and, and you know fallon and all them and being like, so you say you're a socialist? It's like, well, I'm a social democrat. Uh, I, I believe in social democracy, similar to the systems they have in Scandinavia. Uh, I think that those are robust welfare systems that really account for a lot of systems and problems that we have in the United States that I would like to see enacted, such as eliminating things like homelessness, poverty, uh, higher education being available to everybody, uh, no, uh, you know, healthcare costs uh, out of pocket as soon as you have a problem that happens to you, which happens to all of us eventually. So I think these systems should be emulated, the successful ones, and then we can also critique other aspects of it, of course, like any other 
system. It's not perfect. A lot of uh, the riches that a lot of Scandinavia enjoys, for example, have also come at the hands of imperialism, etc. But uh, I do think that those programs would have a benefit. We should be taxing the rich enormously in this country as they are making just voluminous amounts of profit and use that to pay for a lot of the systems that we need to have a healthy society. And then everything will operate better. That never used to be a thing, you know? You never used to see Stephen Colbert sitting across from him being like, interesting, because, like, when I hear that word, I, I think, like, Stalin, you know, and, like, USSR and shit when you say that. But you're saying that there's countries that are doing this better. Yeah, there is countries that are doing this better. Have you looked at what every single year a lot of the countries that report the highest levels of, like, happiness and satisfaction? They happen to be countries that have incredibly robust social systems, very high taxation for its citizens. True, but that usually pays for a lot of, like, programs that benefit everybody. And it turns out when everybody is healthier, happier, more educated, all these systems exist, society runs uh, in, in a way in which people report a lot of levels of satisfaction. Uh, there's obviously a lot of problems that are still in that system. Xenophobia is, is very rampant in those countries. They don't want people from the outside coming in to take advantage of their social systems and structures that's a criticism that can be levied you know the same xenophobia that exists in america that exists in every other country is certainly going to play uh, a part if you have a more robust uh, you know social system welfare system but like this kind of shit you, you wouldn't just hear a guy talking to a mainstream lib like fucking stephen colbert and getting colbert to agree with you know that, that's why like as much shit as someone like cornell west still to this day gets from fucking so many aspects of fucking uh, you know the, the so-called left, that episode of Cornell West with Joe Rogan is to this day, I still contend, the best episode of Joe Rogan I've ever watched. I watched it start to finish and was captivated and I was like, what an incredible public speaker. You're sitting across from a libertarian fucking do or die. I don't give a fuck. The government is what fucks everything up. It's the government that's the problem. Uh, welfare, all this kind of shit. And you're sitting across from uh, Joe Rogan and you're getting him to suddenly see that all of the things that he's thought are so scary, not that it's stuck, but all of the things that he sees are so scary in his audience too, right? Is not you've been lied to you grew up under mccarthyism most likely or your parents did and that shit it fucking it is generational you still have this all inside your bodies that like any single system that actually benefits people is communism but that's that's where a lot of these memes to the state and communism is when the government does stuff that's communism you know, and then you're like, well, that's Stalin, and that's gulags, and that's the Holodomor, and that's that's I don't want this in America, not in my America. You know, we're trying to get like Chinese-style communism taking us over, and and then it's like no one really appreciates what like having a mass awakening of generations to a lot of these concepts to not be scary anymore. Where, where, you know, you have just like thousands upon thousands of younger TikTokers just, just all of a sudden pointing all of this stuff out. It's like, hey, did you know, do you work for your boss? Do you work eight hours a day? Does he pay you minimum wage? Did you know that in order to produce a profit under your labor, he has to actually make more money and generate more income off your labor in order to turn a profit? That's how profit works. That's how capitalism works. That's the system. What do you think about that? And then it's like, oh, well, that's just, it kind of seems just inherently unfair. It could be, it depends how you look at it, right? What about the, doing it like this? These these are job creators. These are job creators, and they actually provide jobs, so they're good. Uh, that that you know, this this would be what we consider uh, you know good capitalism instead of like corrupt capitalism. That's happening all that kinds of it's like you you, you you didn't see that. You did like it was still such a fucking taboo. Like leftists would have to refer to themselves maybe as like broadly speaking the left or something like that, but they wouldn't be out and proud like socialists. Like I am a fucking socialist. I I am a fucking you know I, I wear my heart on my sleeve kind of shit. You'd have to hide your power levels and kind of stuff like that. Ow. I've said we supported 
Um, I, uh, I'm going to play a little bit more of this, but obviously I do have to move on. People are asking for a link to it because it's fucking just like a brilliant sketch that has not aged at all. It's still just as relevant today. Uh, there it is. And once again, a huge shout out to, you know, the late and great Michael Brooks. What an absolute legend, you know, rest in peace. Bernie Sanders. And we said, I mean, AA, you and me and other people, we were blowing the fog alarm. We were saying. I've told this story before, but if anyone doesn't know, Michael Brooks was one of the nicest people to me when I was first starting out in the scene. Not just because, like, you know, uh, and also shout out to, you know, uh, Matt Leck for, for bringing me on the Majority Report when, you know, Nazis fucking got my YouTube channel taken down and they were the biggest people who, like, platformed me and did a segment on me and all that kind of stuff, telling me to call in and they'd, they'd like, put me to the top of the dial. Uh, and then, you know, Michael Brooks ended up doing a, a bad Canadian uh, impersonation of me and all that kind of stuff. He's like, oh, oh, just the nicest guy talking about getting, you know, oh, just, like a copyright strike by some Nazis. Nazis then and there he's like oh you know a couple of, a couple of Nazis came over there and there but he actually ended up reaching out to me we ended up like starting to like you know start a friendship we, we spoke like offline uh, numerous times I was actually the one who was like working on producing getting the Michael Brooks show onto Twitch when uh, you know the majority report was first moving on there I was I reached out to him and I was like hey if you want I can help you set you up on Twitch all that kind of stuff he was so generous with his time and had none of it None of it. Every single time I spoke to the guy, he had like 16 things going on. One of the busiest motherfuckers ever. It'd be like, hey, Lance, it's good to talk to you. I, I got to do like an interview about my new book coming out. That's, that's like in like 25 minutes. I can only speak really quickly. But what do you got to say about like this whole moving the majority? Uh, sorry, moving the Michael Brooks show to like Twitch, you know, that kind of stuff. Like always generous with his time, even, even though I was a nobody, which which like I can't say that about a lot of fucking big names for sure. The DNC and Debbie Wasserman Schultz and Hillary Clinton and and Barack Obama and Tom Perez and uh, and 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 Chuck Schumer and Nancy Pelosi and Chris Hayes and Rachel Maddow and Chris Matthews and Chris Hayes again. Uh, they were all and Joe Biden and Tim Kaine that they were going to steal the election uh, from Bernie Sanders and then declare a war uh, with Iran and Russia simultaneously uh, and then get Merrick Garland on the fucking Supreme Court who uh, doesn't support uh, Roe v. Wade, uh, which you reported too. And uh, we reported all of that, but Bernie Sanders, he said nothing. And I don't, I'm starting to get scared that maybe they have something on him. Well, Bernie Sanders has never been on my show. Ah, he hasn't been on mine either, but I will show you. Look, check out this clip. Of no, him. I've, I've, I've tweeted at him. It has never come on. Sounds like a smoking fucking gun to me. Well, let's look at this. This is this is this is uh, this is Bernie Sanders who won't respond to AA's tweets uh, uh, or, or, or the multi. I was on his side. Now I don't like him. <laughs> or how they will be or if. You know, Anderson, there's almost nothing that one can say. Uh, the idea of tearing little children from the arms of their parents, putting them into detention cages uh, and then making a big deal about an executive order which may do absolutely nothing for these 2300 children is literally beyond belief uh, Trump once again has lied uh, he told the American people that this was a uh, policy created by Congress could only be uh, addressed by Congress he was lying of course it was a crisis that he created and attempted to address today but he didn't go anywhere near far enough. So where we are right now is close to 2,400 kids are still separated from their parents. There is no understanding, as your reporters have indicated, when these children will be reunited. 
So he'll go. So he'll go on. He'll go on CNN and whitewash Barack Obama's record, but he won't respond to your fucking tweet. Yeah, you hear what he says there, and then you think he won't come on my show. That's exactly what I'm thinking. And if you think about it, you and I were doing the math earlier. Hillary Clinton didn't go on my show or your show. That's zero for two, and she lost. Totally do, lost. Do the fucking math. Do the math. Well, if they I, don't like, I just you hear him talk about those things, and then you realize he hasn't been on either one of our shows, and it's just why should he get support? If he doesn't like ICE so much, what does he want? The Clinton Global Initiative to do border security? Well, I mean, that's that's the other question is that we don't like ICE and, and we, we need to, you know, to end war. But I don't want I think Hillary Clinton might have even been been worse if they unleashed. Could you imagine, you know, global initiative security forces? They would probably be killing multiple people at, at maybe at the Canadian border, too. It's true. There's a lot of international viewers who watch my show. <laughs> Uh, it's a meme uh, making fun of Jimmy Dore. <laughs> You're so, there's a lot of people. It's an impression of Jimmy Dore. Let's go back to the to the phones. You're calling from a 978 area code. Who are you? Where are you calling from? You're at the no fucking sellout zone. Uh, hey, I'm calling from Baghdad, Iraq. My name is Sammy. <laughs> Sammy, this is a very Hello? interesting time for you to call. Yes, and I'm not prepared for this. I, I can <laughs> be like this, but yes, I was calling to talk about Jimmy Dore. I swear. Who? Who's that? Uh, some brilliant guy, a leftist. Uh, is he a he fucking sellout? No, you guys. I know the this other YouTube channel that I used to watch around the election called the Majority Report. They are the real sellouts. Well, they're mini <laughs> MSNBC, and uh, and what happens is, is what happens is, is that Sam Cedar and Michael Brooks and Matt Lack and Jamie Pack and Brendan Finn. What they do is they what they like to do is they like to smear Damn progressives. Cedar. No, because they kept on telling us to vote for the lesser evil, and that's. It's a stupid idea because Look the where we are now. is still evil. Right, and it's oh, no, I think the, the caller's playing along. They did Absolutely that. They is. said, oh, vote for the Supreme Court. Donald Trump's president. How does it feel to be a fucking chump? And, and here's the thing. They said vote for Hillary, but they uh, neglected the fact that Trump would destroy the Republican Party. And that's what we want as the final, you know, as the whatever we want to get from this. But exactly. seriously speaking, so, yeah, and it's happening. It's happening. See, like we have a week from, uh, I don't know, a week until the election, and it's it's happening. Well, you know, what it reminds me of, for the Greens. what it reminds me of is if, is if <laughs> you can vote without fear, but because there's this race, there's a guy named Steve King in Iowa, and uh, we don't like Steve King. Yeah. He's not. I mean, actually, AA, I know, nope. has done several podcasts with him and asked for his autograph. He's come but, on uh, my show. Yeah. <laughs> so maybe we maybe we don't all see eye to eye on everything. But but Steve King, you know, he says some pretty bad stuff about immigrants and whatnot. And so there's a Democrat running against him. And I have not heard that Democrat say that Hillary Clinton should be tried in The Hague. So I've said <laughs> I'm not going to support her because to me, I'm not going to support the candidate because they want me to. 
who's Sam supposed to be? Basically, like, I don't know, Caleb Maupin, Grey Zone, Aaron Matei, every one of these, like, super conspiratorial so-called leftists who come on that always have the weird-ass lighting and, and the cameras at these weird angles and only talk about their own videos and content constantly as if it's, like, revolutionary action. You know, like, oh, well, that's why I, I did a video calling them the real corporate sellout shells and that really destroyed the duopoly for a day, you know, thanks to my 573-viewed video. I, I changed the world. They'll vote against white yeah. nationalism, yeah. but I want to vote for something. Yeah, but that's yeah, also, Goodman. people yeah. are voting that's yet another one of those. fear of white supremacy or of some type of fascism, and you can't vote out of fear. You yeah, exactly. Can't vote out can't of vote. fear. No. Can't so vote out of fear. Support the green candidate. Write in. Write in a yeah, green candidate it's, it's, because don't be afraid. In Baghdad, I know the scary AA is talking. I'm sorry to interrupt. But in Baghdad, you know what's the most popular thing nowadays in, in the hipster cafes? They, they're they talking about the Green New Deal. And it's, it's, it's the number one trending subject in Baghdad. And you guys in the U.S., you still need to catch up. Well, would you and like, I have a question they, for you. If you were voting in Iowa, would uh, you want Steve King or a fucking corporate sellout Democrat or Jill Stein? <laughs> <laughs> Just time all the way. Exactly. I have about? a question. If you can go back in time. Nader 2000, right? Uh huh. Definitely. I was actually hearing that there's Nader 2000 stickers all over Baghdad. And because what people had wanted was they wanted an invasion of Iraq. And then they could have sectarian warfare to really put an ugly face on the system there. And then there would be a fucking revolution. We could bring the Green Party well, to Iraq that way. Well, you can, but seriously, the other day, we could bring the Green Party to Iraq. What's his name? Uh, Chris Hedges. And I couldn't help but to notice how happy you were when you were reading quotes from his book. The look on your face was precious. Please, please go back and check the clip. Well, Chris, it's, Chris Hedges, you know, he had this clip where he said, he said, Fred Hampton said, I want to work with. H.J. Goodman became a full-on Trumpista a few years ago, just completely embracing the anti-Hillary Kirillian. Funny how that keeps happening. Weird how right now we've got Jimmy Dore, who's basically trying to invoke that uh, that quote where it's like, you know, first they came for the socialists and I did nothing. Then they came for the trade unionists and still I did nothing for I was not a trade unionist. Then they came for the Jews and I did nothing for I was not a Jew. He's, he's using that fucking to invoke Trump now. Being like, you know, the persecution of Trump it could happen to us all, any one of us, any given day. So like, you know that quote, right? First they came for the Jews and I did nothing. He like, he jumps the first two and goes right to the Jews there. But it's like the persecution of Trump you're comparing to the Jews under World War II. Jimmy, holy fuck. The neo-Nazi party so that uh, we could build infrastructure projects in the South. And that's why the FBI killed him. And uh, so Chris Hedges was reading that being for an us. Arab, being an Arab, I cannot wait to work with the far right who consider me a subhuman or an animal or the my Jewish And there's plenty of things that we don't agree on. I don't think you're a subhuman. I don't know what AA thinks, but there's all sorts of opinions. But the point is we could come together to end fucking war. Exactly. It's, I don't care if they look at me as a subhuman or an animal. If the point is to end wars, let's, let's do it. But what about the Supreme Court? <laughs> right, Am I right? Right. Don't vote out of fear yeah. for being subhuman. <laughs> 
in a sense, that's like the ultimate racism is the idea of I'm going to vote because I'm so afraid of having my voting rights and health care stripped away and being killed by security forces. So I'm I'm so afraid yeah, I'm not a full it. human. That's how Hillary Clinton was the, the real white supremacist. The problem the caller has is that he thinks there is a chance that somehow he'll be invaded and that could happen or maybe Pluto would crash into Saturn and then all burn in the sun. That could also happen. I was planning to play five minutes of this. I think I've been watching it for over an hour now. <laughs> ah, you're taking away all my other statements for being too funny, y'all. Do you enjoy the surfs but prefer not to have to use your eyeballs? Many are saying this. Well, we've got the solution for you. It's the Surf Times in podcast form, available on most major podcasting networks now. If you enjoy it, please consider leaving a good review and feedback because it really helps the show out, apparently, and it's free, just like the podcast. Thank you so much for watching, everybody. This show is produced by amazing people like you, and if you want to help us out, please consider donating over at patreon.com slash the surfs. The show is made possible thanks to Amazing Fletch, Anna Loves Riley, Ariane McCarthy, Cheryl Alvarez, Doug Cady, Everything Important, Hagbard Celine, La Media Panza, Matthew Scarborough, Multimondi, Omni, Peanut Butter Blondie, Political Papi, Quiet185, Rachel K, Riley and Anna, Roller Dragon, Ruby K, Sir Nickus, Spinach Monster, Stellar Vision, Sebastian Demel, Tech Tink, Trevbot EXE, Words Greenwood, and not to mention all of the amazing and fabulous people you now see before you.